This morning we're going to do something a little different. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. It's not like this every single day necessarily, but uh, we like to keep people on their toes. And I, I want you to engage with this, okay? I want us to try to do this. So what we're going to do is I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Can we do that to start? And what I would like you to do is this is just between you and God. In the quietness of your heart, I want to invite you to ask God to do anything he wants to do in your life. Would you do that right now? Would you say, Lord, I would love for you to speak to me. Lord, I want to hear from you. God, would you show up in my life? Would you show yourself strong? Would you speak to me, God? So Lord, in the name and authority of Jesus, I pray that your spirit would pour out powerfully in this place. I pray that you would be the one speaking this morning. And that we would, with soft hearts, we would hear and respond today if we will not harden our hearts. Lord, let us have soft hearts. Let us have willing hearts to obey and follow through with whatever it is, Lord, that you speak to us this morning. This is something only you can do, Father. And so we ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I hope you have a writing device. If you don't, ask somebody nearby you, or there's maybe even a pencil in the seat in front of you. But I want you to take out your little sermon notes for this morning. And, uh, you know, I don't want to make this like school or anything, but I do want to make this a time where you have a time with God. We're all going to hear from God this morning. The question is, is will you listen? That's really the question. So Psalm 95 was where we were last week. And in light of Psalm 95, I want you to turn to Psalm 32. Now remember, last week we talked about worshiping God, making him the center, making him the focus. Worshiping, bow down, raise your hands, worship him. It's in a corporate setting, Psalm 95. Making him the focus. Vertical living in a horizontal world. Vertical worship. And, and making him the focus of it all. What if God is most blessed by us singing to him a song with all of our hearts that we may or may not like? What if that pleases him? Well, we're going to take that one step further. We're going to talk about Psalm 32. And remember, today, if you will hear his voice and not harden your hearts. Look with me in Psalm 32. I'm going to read it all for you. This is in the... Um, I think this is the ESV. Yeah, this is the ESV, English Standard Version. Okay, so if you speak English, this is the standard. Here we go. Psalm 32, a masculine of David. That, that's really just a, a Hebrew word that means a writing or a song. It, it could be like a musical note, but it, it, it kind of has David's stamp on it. It means this is a song of David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as, the heat, as by the heat of summer. Selah. Everybody, do you see that in there? Your Bible might say interlude. 
Sila is just the Hebrew word. Sila. We're going to focus on that today. We'll come back to it though. Verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and I, I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Sila. Therefore... Let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah. Are you guys seeing that? It's in there. Verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you, be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and a bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all of you upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. Are you guys with me on this? Are you following along? I love this. Look with me in the first few verses, verses one through four. These verses are capped by a word, sila. Do you guys know what sila means? It's a a word that a lot of different people have a lot of different takes on what the word is. And so for that reason, the absolute certain meaning of this word is a little bit mysterious. But really, as as I've searched, as I've looked over all these years, you know what really is evident? That sila really, it just simply means interlude, meditate, stop and think about what you just read. That's really the essence of this word, selah. Whenever you see it, you know, it's, it's mentioned 71 times in the book of Psalms alone. And then it's mentioned three times in the book of Habakkuk. This word, selah. This morning we want to talk about selah and we want to actually do selah. Is that okay? So in a minute, John's going to come up and we're going to have a, a selah. Where I'm not going to talk, but God's going to speak. And what we want is for you to go back through these first four verses and read them. Just you and God. We want you to write out anything that God prompts you to write out. It could be, it could be things that are in your life, sins that you need to turn from. And if that's the case, you know, you might want to just like, you know, cover, you know, so that the wife sitting next to you is not seeing this, you know. But uh, you write this out and you just take this time with God. But let's look through verses 1 through 4 really quickly. Blessed, unbelievably happy, is the one whose transgression is forgiven. The New Living Translation, one of my favorite, I'm going to read it in this. It says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record The Lord has cleared of guilt. Have you ever had a debt? Have you you ever been overwhelmed with something that you owed? And have you ever had that washed away? 
Have you ever had that feeling of being clean, of being forgiven, of being debt-free? It's a beautiful thing. And here the psalmist is describing it. He, He said, blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity against him, and in, who, in whose spirit there is no deceit. What joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. You don't have to put on a face or a mask. You don't have to put on a facade. Because God finds you not guilty. And so what the humans say about you just really isn't as important. Because you're clean. With him. Have you ever had that freedom? And then it says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation, verse 3 and 4. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night your hand of discipline was heavy on me and my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. So here's here's the situation. He's talking in verses 3 and 4. He's saying, when I knew about sin in my life and I refused to turn from that sin, refused to confess, that word confess means to say the same. That means to see sin like God sees sin. And so when we confess our sins, it's not just listing off what we've done wrong. It's saying, God, I realize this was wrong. And I want to turn from this. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I see this as you see this. And I don't want to participate in this anymore. That's what it means to confess our sins. And so, so he's saying, when I refused to do this, I wasted away. Remember Psalm 95? Do not harden your hearts. When we have hardened hearts, sometimes we we grow, you know, sort of numb to it. But our bodies are wasting away. Our heart and our soul and our mind just gets numb. And it just gets mundane and monotonous. And our, our souls are crying out, but we just have grown deaf to it because our hearts are hard. Is that you this morning? He's saying, when when I refused to turn from sin. You know, that word sin, it's any word, any thought, any attitude, any action that does not align with God, that does not make him the king. There's a phenomenon that takes place whenever I've seen somebody learn to water ski. You guys ever gone water skiing? We have like this lake called Shasta Lake up here, okay? So if you haven't been water skiing, you're not taking part in one of the most amazing things about living in Reading. But as a youth pastor, one of the things I loved more, more than anything was watching these young kids learn how to water ski. And there's this phenomenon, John and I talked about it this week, there's a phenomenon that takes place when young kids are learning how to water ski, and actually adults as well. There's something that happens where... They try, they're sitting in the water, you know, and it's just kind of going like this. And you say, punch it, and they, they, they start the boat, and everything goes, and, and they have the, the skis, and they try to get up out of the water. And something happens, their skis cross, or something happens, and they fall down in the water. 
Have you ever seen this happen before? Very few people just pop right up. Most people just like, they're gone, they're down, they're under there. Now the phenomenon that I just can't get enough of is watching these, these people feel like they can, I can salvage this. <laughs> and so they hold, along, they hold on to the rope. And they think, I can, I can do this. I can come back around and I can, I can stand up. I know I, I know I can do it. Have you ever seen this? Raise your hand if you've seen this phenomenon that takes place. And what happens is never has it ever worked. You can't, you can't fall on water skis and then just pull yourself back up. And, and I, I got it. I made it. I did it. And so what happens is actually we, we would kind of keep score sometimes. We would count one 1,000, two 1,000, three 1,000, just to see how long, you know, and it was usually like some middle linebacker on the football team that was doing this for the first time, and he's macho, and he's got his reputation to uphold, and, and he's back there, and he's trying to learn to water ski, and boom, he's just being pulled by the rope in the water. And there comes a point in time where you've just got to let go. And here's this picture of the psalmist David, and he's writing, he's saying, when I refused to let go of my sin, I was wasting away. I was suffocating. I was dying inside. I was groaning all day long until I let go. And that's us in our sin. It's a beautiful picture of this punk middle linebacker who was a you know, junior in high school just holding on to the rope thinking he's going to make something out of this. No, you got you to gotta stop. You got to wait and we'll come back around and pick you up again and you'll start new. And then, then you'll get it. Holding on to the rope gets you nowhere. You will literally die if you hold on long enough. So here's these first four verses. What we're going to do is we're going to just take a few minutes. And the worship team, they're not even going to sing, I don't think, this time, right? We just want you to read those first four verses and be in communion with God. What is he saying to you? What is he preaching to you through these four verses? Can you do business with God right now? Go ahead. Take some time. Just you and God. Some of you, it's, uh, you need a lot more time. And there might be some of you that you're just kind of staring. <laughs> what was that about? Well, you know, the, the deal is you have what it takes to hear from God. Did you know that? You see, you have the word of God. You could bring the lights back up if that's all right. You have the word of God. But just like the water skier letting go of the rope, we tend to fight against God, don't we? I, I'm thinking of Acts chapter 9, verse 5, where Jesus is talking to the Apostle Paul. Actually, he wasn't the Apostle Paul at that point. He was Saul on the road to Damascus. Do you remember this? And Jesus says to Paul, Saul, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. 
Do you remember that? It's kind of this weird line. It's really only in the King James Version. But, but that it's really hard for you to kick against the goads. Meaning it's hard for you to fight against where God is trying to take you. That there's a lot of us that are doing that. God's trying to lead us somewhere and, and, and we fight against it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to bow down. I don't want to give. I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to tell people about what you've done for me. I, I don't want to do it. And, and there's all of these different things. And, and we fight against God. Israel is a great example in the book of Judges. You read Judges and over and over again there's this cycle where Israel would turn from God and God would surrender them over to slavery. And they would live as slaves. Many times it was for decades. Decades. As slaves. Until finally they were done. Finally, they would turn from their sin and God would deliver them from their slavery. Here's Psalm 32 and the psalmist is saying, when I refused to turn from my sin, I was, it, it was like I was dying all day long. Is that you? Don't let it be you. The first few verses, oh, the joy of those whose transgression is forgiven. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've been there and you feel like the weight of the world is lifted off you. You feel like you are fresh and clean. That first four verses here that we're talking about. The question is, are you soft? Are you soft to the Lord? Is your heart soft to him? Let's look at verse 5 here. I love this here. I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. It might be you're here this morning or you're listening and, and you've been covering up sin. And this is God, not Ben Sprague. This is God speaking to you saying, let it go. Let go of the rope. Confess it. Acknowledge it. Turn from it. It may be that you're here this morning and you've got some sins that you're hiding, you're covering. And maybe you're doing a really good job at that. But what I'm telling you, what God's word is saying, is your heart and soul and body and life is wasting away. Is groaning inside. And your heart and soul is crying out for God. Save me. And he says, in, in the New Living Translation, I love what he says, he says, Finally, I confessed all my sins to you. And I stopped trying to hide my guilt. Whatever it is, when you finally are done sinning, when you're finally ready to say, God, I've done this and this and this, and I know I'm holding on to this. And, and honestly, sometimes to repent means to speak it to another human. There are some sins in our lives that really we need to bring brothers and sisters in Christ into the, these sins. All right, here's, here's just a real vulnerable moment. But for me, eating is one of those things. I love Hostess products way too much. And so I've had to bring in good friends into my life that just, they're going to help keep me accountable so that I don't balloon up to 500 pounds. I mean, that would be crazy. But I, I love to eat that much. 
that it becomes something that's the center of my life. And whatever's at the center of your life is what you're worshiping. So I needed friends and brothers and sisters in Christ to just be open and honest with. You know, sometimes I'll have a Twinkie here and there, but I have to keep that in check. I have to. And, and there's things in our life, and I mean, you might laugh that off about like, oh yeah, he's eating, whatever. But no, that's a serious thing to me. What is it in your life? Is there something that you're covering up? Is there something that you're holding on to? And God is here literally right now and he's saying, let go of it. Don't cover it up anymore. Be free from it. Your anger issue, the sexual immorality issue that you're struggling with, the things that are owning what you see and think about, your selfish attitude. Guess what? If you're selfish, just a secret, other people know. They kind of know. And you could admit that and you could say, I'm sorry, I, I recognize that this is what I've been doing. You see, when we do that, I love that he said, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. All my guilt is gone. I just spit so much just now because that's how excited I am. But I've been there. I've been there. I've had a weight of tons of sin and tons of rebellion and tons of just hardness in my heart. And then when I finally just, just gave it to the Lord and confessed my sin to him and to others, whew, I just never got over. I still to this day have never gotten over that closeness that's available. Um, this week... Uh, at our life group, we had the opportunity to just talk with this amazing person who's just recently given their life to Jesus. And they're so in love with God. They're hearing from God all the time, all day long. Everything is fresh and new. And they just can't not talk about Jesus and what he's done for them. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that in your life where you just, you're so amazed at this love that's available to you, that the God of the universe could love you and could give his life for you, that Jesus would die on the cross for you, that he would take your place, that he would take your sin on himself and put on you his righteousness? Have you ever been wrecked by that? And just that cleanness that comes from knowing that God himself is the one who has saved you because he loves you and he delights in you. How long has it been? How long has it been since you were moved deeply by God? Do you think it's that God just stops speaking? Or do you think it's that we just get so hardened that we're unable to hear? See, I think it's the latter. 
I don't think God has stopped speaking. He has not stopped loving you. He has not stopped trying to prod you and guide you into his path, into his way of life. He's not stopped trying to bring you into that. It's just that we get so hardened. We get so caught up in our refusal to turn from our sin and do that on a regular basis to just be free and open with God and with others that we stop being able to hear from him. So we're going to have another Sila time, okay? This question is, are you clean? First question was, are you, are you soft? And, and this, verse 5 is what we want you to read through, okay? Verse 5, can you do that? And then just write out or pray about whatever God brings to your attention. This is time for you to hear from God. Do business with God in these moments, okay? Whew, I love that. My chains are gone. Have you been there? Are you there now? It's available. That's what he's talking about. And look with me in verse 6. Therefore. Why is the therefore therefore? It's because for those that have that exhilaration. Your sins are gone. Your chains are gone. You've been set free by the blood of Jesus. You've turned from sin. You've turned to God. You have life. Therefore, because of this, because you've acknowledged your sin and all these things, therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. What? Does that make sense? Look with me in verse 6. What this is actually saying is, therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. That's what another translation says. While there is still time, therefore, let the godly pray to you while there is still time. Today, if you will hear his voice and not harden your hearts. Today. There will come a time where it's too late. There will come a time when we've had our chance and our hearts are too hard and we're too far gone. There will come a time where we meet our maker. There will come a time where we are judged by him. You may not like that. It's not a very happy, pleasant thought. It's not a message that's very popular in our day and age. But, but we have a God. And really what he says goes. And we can align ourselves with him and have life. You know this whole thing about God saying, I want you to follow my way. It's not him being a punk. Do you realize that? It's not God trying to say, you know, like, like me when I was a kid and the neighborhood kids didn't like my rules for basketball and I would take my ball and leave. It's not like that. It's not God saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my ball and leave. No, he's saying, it's my way. I'm the creator of life. I'm the one who invented life. I have life. The way of life is mine. Anything that's not my way is not the way of life. It's the way of death. 
So if we're not aligning ourselves with, with God, the source of life, the source of joy, the source of hope and peace and, and purity, then we're aligning ourselves with death and with fear and with the kingdom of hell, that all of that that's attached with that. Today, while there's still time, and then verse 7, this is a, a very famous verse, but I think it's interesting that it's in this context that David says, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Another translation says songs of deliverance. What a beautiful thing that God surrounds us with songs of deliverance, that he is our hiding place. And then the next word is Selah. This reminds me of the question, are you close? Are you soft? Are you clean? And are you close? Jesus said in John 10, 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and they know me. They follow me. Are you keeping short accounts with God? One of the things I love about my brother Chuck Who's, who's one of our elders, one of our leaders. I love that he is quick to acknowledge whenever he's done wrong, he says, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, will you forgive me? And I love that somebody like that, who's a leader in our church, has the humility to keep short accounts with people. And if he's doing that with people, I know he's doing that with God. To say, Lord, my attitude was wrong. Would you forgive me? Lord, I, I, I was wrong in that. That was a mindless, thoughtless thing that I did. Would you forgive me? Lord, I failed to do this. Would you forgive me? Today, we're going to take just one more time of Selah to think this through. Think through verses 6 and 7. Write out all that God is speaking to you. Listen to these verses. Okay? Therefore, let the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory, songs of deliverance, Selah. Take this time with God. All right? I just want to call our focus to these last few verses. Listen with me, would you please? The psalmist is writing in verses 8 through 11. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. That reminds me of Psalm 1611 where, where David writes, Lord, you have made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Do not be senseless. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. What does that mean? Another translation says, if you don't have it tied down, it's going to run away from you. He's saying, don't be like that. Be close to God. And Jesus said in, in, in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You see this whole following Jesus thing. It's about hearing from him and obeying. Today, if you will hear his voice and not harden your hearts. Today, while it is still today, 
Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. 